Hey friend, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. We are a cross-generational conversation that focuses on creating a meaningful, imperfect life through the lens of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Each week, we will share our own experiences as recovering perfectionists or use our journalistic training to interview expert guests. We promise to be transparent and real in that each episode will leave you uplifted, encouraged, and believing you are enough. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. Hello, everyone. This is Robin. I hope you know my voice by now. And back with me today is Dr. Denise Bickle. Denise, thank you for starting uh, your day out with us. Uh, You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Okay, before we talk about our very uh, interesting conversation, our topic for today, which is going to be timely and appropriate and hopefully very meaningful to people as we embark on this whole new year of 2023. But before we do that, Denise, because you and I haven't gotten to talk about this, and I know it's heavy on my heart and heavy on your heart, I just wanted to take a second and talk about football game last night. I know you and I were texting before the football game because we were very excited about it. Being the Chiefs fans we are, the Buffalo Bills game against the Cincinnati Bagels was set to be a big game, but it turns out we had no idea, nor did anyone else, what last night was going to hold. Boy, that's a that's an understatement, really. I mean, it was just hyped as the biggest game of the season. And the two quarterbacks are very competitive. I was I love a high scoring game. And so I was I was really excited about it. And then, you know, as you know, the player got hurt. And it was amazing how quickly the insignificance of that game became mm-hmm. so front and center because I don't know. I I have loved football for a really long time, like, you know, 50 years, mm-hmm. uh, probably longer. And I had never seen anything like that. And I'd never seen players react like that. I'd never seen the urgency that we saw. It just made everything else pale in comparison. I know it kind of almost made me feel silly about like, sort of the anxiety and the anticipation, you know, because I mean, frankly, I wanted Cincinnati to win that game because it would behoove my beloved Chiefs. So I was happy that the score was 7-3. I knew nothing, 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 nothing about Damar Hamlin until yesterday. You know, I wouldn't have been able to tell you who number three was on, on the Buffalo Bill roster. But here's what I know about him now is that he's 24 years old. And he's, yeah. this, you know, he's the same age as my son. And, um, I think the irony in this is like, you were a football mom, right? So your son, Matthew played football at Baylor. Yes. Yep. And so as a football mom, I think you probably felt that in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And as a mom of someone, uh, as a child of a child who has, you know, had his life on the line, I felt it in, in a way, but I think probably every parent or every sister, every, I mean, I just think it just it was something that I think it's one of those moments, interestingly enough, that if you were watching it, you're going to remember sitting on the couch or where you were when that moment happened. I'll say, and I I know, you know, when we do these podcasts, we don't 
pre-rehearse. And so sometimes I feel like, oh gosh, maybe I should have said this or I shouldn't have said that or whatever. And when they kept cutting away, because, you know, just minutes after minutes after minutes of of no game and not knowing what was going to happen. And they kept going to these three poor people, Susie, Susie, and I don't even know who the other two people were, but I just felt so sorry for them for their job was to try and fill time until mm-hmm. there was some answer to this situation. And one of them I know is definitely a retired football player. And he just could hardly form words. He yep. And she kept trying to engage because that was her job, which I, I felt so sorry for her. And he just, he, you could tell he just, it was yeah. he just sickened him. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was as a, as a former journalist and, you know, as, as a co-host of this podcast, I was uncomfortable in my skin, just putting myself in that situation. Like, what do you say? How do you bring clarity? You know, because uh, first of all, you're dealing with your own emotion and you're scared to death and sad and all of those things. But then also there's just nothing you could say. And as a journalist, you know, the only thing you can do is really spew your own thoughts and that doesn't really help anyone in that situation. So I did appreciate that they, it was awkward, but they didn't do that. You know, it was like, they just right. had like, oh, well, we're going to go to commercial. Troy Aikman, um, we'll be back. Another commercial, another, you know, yeah. no change here. So. No. Um, and I did, I did hear someone in the course of that, whatever it was, half hour, 45 minutes say that they, they were saying it kind of encouraging the NFL that they better have some grief counselors on the way. They better have some counselors on a plane heading to Cincinnati because this, you know, these team members really needed emotional support right now while they were grappling. I mean, it's one thing to know someone got hurt, but if you've ever watched someone receive aggressive CPR, mm-hmm. it, is, it is hard to watch that physical um, impact on a body when they're doing that. And you yeah. could tell that they were just devastated yeah. Yeah. by watching that. That's trauma right there. PTSD. Uh, I, I said the same thing to Tom. I said, gosh, the PTSD, like, mm-hmm. um, and you know, for the Cincinnati Bengals, they will have to step foot back on that, their foot, their home football field, you know, probably sooner than maybe the Buffalo Bills will. But mm-hmm. there's also, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, like, how things will change with football or will they change or will they reschedule that game or does the game matter? Blah, 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 blah. But I want to say this, because I found this really, really interesting and I would love your perspective on it. I think that there was more discussion of prayer and God in the last 20 hours in the national news, social media and TV than I've seen since nine 11. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it felt like initially people were a bit hesitant to say, we just need to pray for him. They were like, you know, we're wishing him well. And, and then, well, and as, as more time went on and the gravity, yeah, the gravity of it, then people just started saying, you know, we need to pray. God is, he is, who's in charge here. We have to, and I heard it as you probably did from so many different people. Um, yeah. You know, Joe Buck said it too, you know, which is, yeah. he, he's a St. Louis Catholic boy, <laughs> but it just, it really humanized 
I think. Um, and I read something today that someone wrote, one of the NFL players said, you know, we are not a, a commodity that just brings in a lot of money to the industry of sports. We are human beings mm -hmm. who love this game. And, and yes, we know there is danger, but not to the extent that, that they saw yesterday. Right. And it will be very interesting to see, you know, what the cause of it was, if it, if it really, if it had anything at all to do with football, I think that yet has, has yet to be seen. Right. Um, and so it, it'll be interesting to see it, it all unfold and unpack. But I think, you know, Romans eight twenty eight is my verse that says that God can use all things for good and for his glory and for those who he's called according to his purpose. And so as miserable and terrible and horrifying as all of that was, the one bright spot for me is that people in this country still at the end of the day, when they're, they look to hope like that's still a source of hope, even though many, many times it's not politically correct to mm -hmm. say that out loud. So I don't know. Yes, I agree. Brought me some comfort. So, um, mm -hmm. and I also um, had you in my ear because I've heard you tell me on more than one occasion, there are no atheists in the foxhole. That's right. Yeah. And just, Watching the progression, because I noticed it initially, I thought, surely he's going to say, we just need to pray. And and he didn't. The the first gentleman that I heard say something like, you know, this is really bad and we just need to really keep him, you know, in our thoughts. And I thought, oh, you're not going to say in our prayers. But as time went on, every single one of those people, you know, broadcasters, whomever, yeah. uh, they, they all just got there because... Um, yeah, it no atheists in a foxhole. And I believe yeah. they were all in a foxhole last night for yeah. sure. Yeah. I said to Tom, you know, Denise always said there's no atheist in a foxhole. I think there's probably no atheist in that ambulance right now, is what I said. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. or on the field. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw Joe Burroughs go over to Josh, you know, it's just, it, it just humanized everyone. It, it didn't have anything to do with what team you were on anymore. It was really you know, humanity at its best, really at its best. Yeah. Well, thanks for having that conversation with me. I, I, I think I just needed to kind of uh, get it out. So thank you yeah. thanks for doing that with me. Yeah. All right. So on to a brighter note today. So 2023 is upon us. Uh, by the time people listen to this, we'll be a week into it. And um, all this conversation that we had, there'll probably be so much more that's unfolded. And hopefully Hamlin is out of the hospital or at least well, and we can move past that. But for our conversation today, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and how much we love them. Right, Denise? <laughs> um, we are going to talk about New Year's resolutions. I, I'm not going to be able to jump on the love that wagon. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's, let's just go back. Have you ever been a New Year's resolution person? No, because I know that I wouldn't keep it. So um, no, I've, I'm 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 not a resolution person. It feels too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's like you wrote it down. Now you have to do it, mm -hmm. and that just I don't know. I I find it much easier to be kinder to myself than to really set myself up for failure, which is what would happen if I made a resolution. So, yeah. Okay. Well, what I think is really interesting is that there is something sort of instinctual in us 
that the turn of the calendar to a new year, there is this sense of rebirth and this desire to pause and kind of think about doing something different or doing something more meaningful or just this kind of recreation, which as I pause and I think about that, to me, that's just such a reflection of that we are created in the likeness of our God, who's constantly making all things new. And so I think that deep down this desire to make things new, it to me is a biblical one. But I agree with you 100% in that I I have done resolutions and uh, they were typically the same and uh, they, they were the same every year because I failed at them every year. Yep. <laughs> So um, that is what, you know, eventually got me to um, doing a word of the year, which we talked about in great length the last two episodes. But in today's episode, we're going to talk about another alternative to resolutions. And it's something that you've blogged about and you've kind of really given lots of thought to. So uh, Denise, tell us what is in your mind another great alternative to a New Year's resolution? Well, rather than setting a resolution, I like the idea of making a New Year's aspiration. And it may sound like the same thing, but when I looked at the dictionary, which we talked about that last week too, the importance of words, resolution is, in the, according to the dictionary, a determination, a doggedness to make a serious decision. And I think just those three words right there are kind of negative and really set us up almost for failure. I mean, who wants to start the year with a doggedness determination? <laughs> just yeah. yeah, gee, no, thank you. Whereas when I look at the definitions for aspiration, mm-hmm. I found the words hope, desire, wishes. And those words seem so much lighter and kinder. And so that's my goal. If I was to um, make a resolution or aspiration, it would be just to aspire, aspire to be kinder, aspire to, you know, leave room for disappointment or interference or interruption in my life. Just be gentle without these real firm boundaries that resolution feels like it's so either or. Yeah. Yeah. Either either you did it or you didn't. Yeah. You failed or you didn't. And yeah, yeah, most of us, most of us, which we'll get to in a second, I think do fail at that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But also going back, you know, I'm a word geek, so I love your definitions and I love really sitting and thinking about just like, what do those words mean? And the hope, the trajectory that I think each, the different words do set us up on. So I really appreciated that. And also I think the thing about aspirations that to me, it's more about the kind of person that I want to be and who I want to be more than, rather than this very... (sighs) I'm going to say it for me, often unattainable um, things that that I end up then. And and you said it earlier, you would talk about uh, should, 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 right? And so we've talked a lot Mm. on this podcast over the years about not shooting on ourselves. And so to me, to me, uh, these resolutions always end up like I'm shooting on myself. Mm -hmm. And what's even worse is that uh, it's self-imposed shooting. Exactly. And yet you're, you're in really good company with those feelings associated with resolutions. 
I, I did some research around, you know, New Year's resolutions and and um, how successful people are 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 not uh, in that regard. One of the articles that I read was from the New York Post, and it said that the average resolution lasts 32 days. And that even in those 32 days, 68% reported, um, you know, failing, if we will, uh-huh. their resolution even before that. So that's that's huge. That is, yeah. Yeah. Another, um, and, and this is going to be very timely for us since our this podcast will come out um, next week. The other, I looked at an article in Smarter Living that said the second Friday in January is the freight fateful day when our annual commitments start to crumble. And so this year, the second Friday in January is actually Friday the 13th. So, da, 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 right? da, da, da. so this comes out, I don't know, like, like on Tuesday and Friday is the um, the ill-fated day that, that right. resolutions start falling apart. So I think, you know, and we talked about the other day, and, and again, just a few moments ago, you mentioned the importance of words. And I think so often with resolutions, we hear, I have to lose weight, mm-hmm. or I must quit smoking, or I should eat healthier. Those those really um, shaming words is what yeah. I would call them. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say, you know, I would like to lose weight or I get to exercise, mm. I'm changing that perception to something lighter, kinder, gentler. I want to adopt healthy eating habits. All of those things seem seem so much less fault finding. Mm. I think that's profound. Also, whenever I think about the two, the, the, the difference between the two, one to me seems very focused on the destination and the mm-hmm. outcome. Right. Right. Um, and, and when we think, cause when you said like, Oh, you know, by Friday the 13th, it starts to unravel. And then by the end of January, 68% people are like, yeah, I'm done. I'm over this. I mean, as you said that I had to think to myself, why? why are we so bad at this? Right. But, but then as I was thinking like, well, to me, a a resolution is all about the outcome and the destination An aspiration to me feels more about the journey and the ebb and flow of a journey where you have good days and maybe some days aren't as good and, but you're still aspiring to, but it's more about how we get there than about being there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, so so often, you know, I'm going to quit smoking. And then once someone has a cigarette, they're like, well, you know, never mind. I'm smoking again. Or I failed at that. It makes we make ourselves feel bad about ourselves. Whereas if I'm aspiring to do something, you know, I'm I'm leaving room for life to get in the way. I'm hoping that this is is something that will make my life better, but I'm not going to be so rigid in it that if I'm not successful, then I have to feel bad about myself for the next six months, a year, every year. I never. Yeah. (laughs) 11 months. 11 months. I'll get to do another one and yeah. 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 (laughs) And be equally as unsuccessful. Yeah. You know, as we we talk, um, I'm thinking about 
as I was doing research, like resolutions to be more successful, they should, you know, be framed like a smart goal, mm-hmm. you know, which we use in the business world a lot, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, you know, all of that specific, mm-hmm. specific. Yeah. Um, and as I read that, I just kind of like felt my body tense up. I like had this physical reaction to, uh, like the last thing I really want in my life is one more smart goal that I'm having to get out the spreadsheet every month and going, okay, where am I at on that goal? Right. Uh, yeah. It just didn't feel life giving at all. No, it doesn't. And it, I don't know if you know, I, I looked up in another article, I was really doing my research today. <laughs> um, what do you know what the three most common resolutions are for the new year? Ah, I used to know this, um, but I've forgotten one of them. I think one has to do with money. One has to do with losing weight or better health. And let me guess the third one, um, having better relationships. Uh, Two out of four. Two out of four. And I'm really surprised. The first one is increase exercise. Mm -hmm. So Miss this exercise leader. Um, the second one is eat healthy. See, and I kind of consider that as one. Okay. Well, you're, you shouldn't. <laughs> Which is true. Is the list is this. Um, so exercise more, eat healthy, lose weight, and then save money and then increase time with family and friends. Those are pretty much across the board. I looked at several different yeah. surveys and articles and, and those, and you know, who doesn't, I mean, gosh, lose weight. And people set such unrealistic expectations about losing weight Mm -hmm. without realizing that, no, you're not going to lose 50 pounds at the end of January. Mm. And so again, setting ourselves up for that lack of ability to be successful, even with the best of intentions, you know, or, oh, I ate a cookie, so now I might as well just go ahead and eat that whole package, which... Mm -hmm. You know, I'd be tempted to think that. You know, it's like, oh well, never mind. I so, yeah, I sometimes find myself in that. Well, I've eaten that, so I might as well eat that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then to it. feel bad about it, you know, like really disgusted with yourself for making those choices. Yeah. It's just it's not who we want to be to ourselves. Yeah. We need to be nicer and kinder, a nicer, kinder version. Version. And it's funny because as you were talking about, like basically setting ourselves up for success, I was thinking about this week at the gym. Okay. So the, the classes that I teach, which now we're, we're, we're trans transitioning, we're calling ourselves coaches. So the classes that I coach, um, mm-hmm. new, fo- new folks are coming into the class and, you know, uh, the class that I teach, there's lots of small repetitious movements, right? And so people think, oh, look, there's a one pound weight, a two pound, a three pound, a five pound, a seven pound. And inevitably people will be like, I think I'd be fine with a five, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I will go over to them and say, you know, like, I want to set you up for success for this class. So I would love it. If you would grab yourself, I see you've got a set of five pound dumbbells. Could you grab a two with it just in case you need the option, you know, and then I, you know, how that unfolds in class, right? Sure. Absolutely. And then the next day when they can't comb their hair. Yeah. And they never come back because they're they're too sore and miserable and they hated every minute of it. Yeah. And then they tell everyone about that experience. Yeah. Now I taught uh, back in the feel the burn 
years. Um, I taught aerobics for years and January was just packed mm-hmm. full. And then February, the same four people, you know, 10 yeah. people that were always there. And then this is how long ago it was when the Sears and Penny's summer catalog came out uh-huh. and swimsuits, you know, is like, oh, I got to get in there and bust my butt. Well, now it's, you know, five uh-huh. months into the year. <laughs> You're not going to change overnight. But so it was it was a very um, cyclical, predictable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I have to say, I didn't know you taught aerobics. So I've learned something today. There you go. Yes, I yes, I did for years and years and years. So but I in trying to figure out, okay, so how do we set ourselves up for success? Mm -hmm. And and again, what words that we're using, how we're presenting it. Um, I, I love that I get to exercise, I get to go run, I went to the pool today. Um, and, you know, once you get in the water, you have to swim. <laughs> so the worst part is just getting to the pool. And then once you're there, it's like, well, okie dokie, let's get going. So, and I always feel better when I've done those things that I really do enjoy. And so looking at them as a pleasure and mm. as a privilege, I'm healthy and I get to do this is such a different shift from, uh, you know, I got to put in three miles today because I said I would do it or I'm on a schedule or whatever, mm. kind of different if you're on a training program. But I was reading an article about Aisha Curry, who is an actress a health enthusiast. I'll say thirdly, uh, she's the wife of Steph Curry. You know, she deserves to be known as an actress and a health enthusiast first, I think. Yeah, yeah. But she was talking about she's lost 35 pounds in since COVID, I think is what the article said. And she said, I'm, but I really want to work on fitness and toning because you can lose 35 pounds and still not really look like you want to, if you're not toned and fit and, and all of those things. And so she was talking about how she sets goals for herself. And she said, sometimes I set a weekly goal. And sometimes I set a monthly goal. Because for me to think I'm never, I'm never going to get to do this again until I'm, I reach my goal just there's just I know it's not going to happen. But if I say to myself, okay, for the next five or six days, I'm not going to eat sweets. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the week, I can decide if I want to continue with that. Or if okay, I'm on a new goal for the next week, or for the next month. And I, you know, I was thinking about even just knowing that Friday the 13th is the day that you know, it, it caves. Um, could you set a goal to make it to Friday or Saturday, the 14th, you know, just one more day instead of all or nothing, really breaking it into smaller things and not, I'm going to, I have to lose Mm -hmm. 25 pounds, but this week I would like to eat healthy, exercise more. And I hope to see a two pound difference on the scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love that that whole idea, like, uh, and I know when, when one of my family members quit smoking, the way she did it was, she said, I didn't tell myself I was never going to have a cigarette. I just told myself I wasn't going to have a cigarette today. And 
I even though I was never a smoker. Yeah. That whole concept stuck with me. Like, yeah, like, you know, I, uh, I'm feeling a little bit guilty because I have been on a chocolate sweet binge, you know, I, and I pretty much said it's going to happen from Thanksgiving to new year's day. It's just (sighs) lots and lots of stuff and food. And, uh, so now it's like detoxing for me. Right. So I struggle with that because my body feels yucky and I know I need to like limit it. So, uh, but it's hard for me. And so that was encouraging to my soul just to say, you know what, today's Tuesday, right? So maybe, you know, starting tomorrow, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to have any sweets until the weekend. You know, there you go. that feels mm-hmm. doable, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that, and this is something Matthew, my son, who's, who has, um, dealt with weight issues all of his life and who is finally very, very successful in um, living a very, very healthy life, fitness life, uh, weight well controlled, exercise constantly, um, is don't have that stuff in the house Mm. and then you won't eat it. And today after I got done at the pool, I went to the grocery store and I honestly, when I was coming up on the, where the soda machines are, I looked to the other side because I thought I'm not going to buy a diet Pepsi. This is day four of no diet Pepsi. Yes. You know how significant that is. Well done. Yes. And when I went by the chip aisle, I didn't look that way because I thought I'm not, if I have it in the house, I will eat it. But if I don't, I will eat the cutie orange. Mm -hmm. Um, is much healthier and it really is sweet it tastes great it's just not you know (laughs) what I would have chosen if I could just eat anything I wanted so right well and on that note I I love a cutie so I'm with you and the other thing you know that my daughter has taught me is um, she never ever I shouldn't say never ever we don't use words like that she rarely goes to the grocery store she always um, mm-hmm. orders her groceries online, either picks them up or has the Instacart delivered them. And yes. she's convinced that she doesn't buy the crap that she would buy number one, and that she actually probably spends less because she doesn't make those impulse purchases. And, um, I've been doing that some, and it is, it is much easier to, cause you know, you, you open up your computer or whatever to make an order and you're like, Oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what we need. But what I don't find my saying is I, I can't wait to order the chips and soda and, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so um, I think as we were speaking, like that's an aspiration for me is like that I am going to utilize online grocery ordering more frequently to help me keep things out of the house that I know I shouldn't be eating. There are healthier choices, but you you get the point, right? I do. And <laughs> similarly, when COVID hit a couple of years ago and never stopped, Kate, my daughter is a nurse and she's like, mom, you cannot leave the house. I'm going to order your groceries and you have, you tell me what you want. And then I'm going to have the, and then she sterilized them all and left them on my front porch and everything. And, you know, there was just no going, well, I'd like some Oreo cookies. Mm-hmm. Thought, you know, it just keeps you like mindful of what your choices are. And it is a great way to not be tempted by all the, you know, they put it right there at the end cap where you're supposed to see the cookies and the. Oh yeah. 
And they put it on sale on top of it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah it's a bargain. <laughs> it's a bargain. <laughs> two for the price of one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bargain. So you eat half of the box and, you know, then you have to deal with, with that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not above eating more, uh, more crap than I should. Right. Yeah, no, that's why I love you. <laughs> we, I, if you if you did not do those things, I couldn't relate to you as well as I do. So kindred spirits when it comes to that, for sure. People yeah. are like, do you like sweet or salty? I'm like, oh, absolutely both. <laughs> no one should choose between those two. Like, oh, no, like I love them both. And the whole idea, like people go, oh, that dessert was too rich. I'm like, that's like an oxymoron. Exactly. Well, and. <laughs> I am not a drinker. I just have never, mm-hmm. never been. My, my daughter attributes it to the fact that I didn't go to college as a traditional student. <laughs> no, I didn't acquire those drinking habits that sometimes kids yeah. do when they go to school. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it's it's kind of funny when people will say, well, you know, I'm doing dry January. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least there's one thing I don't have to give up right now. <laughs> Well, you know, a long time without drinking alcohol. Yeah. Well, coming off the holidays, it's good. It's good. Uh, A dry January is a good thing for me. Not that I drink, you know, I don't drink to excess. It's not that it's just that there is just a lot of occasions when it's always there. And so I'm just doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. And those are going to help you know, encourage people to live a good 2023, aspiring to, to be kind to yourself and more gentle with yourself and use words that are encouraging rather than Mm -hmm. fault finding no shoulds, not shouldn't on ourselves in the year 2023. And maybe just think about weekly goals and monthly goals rather than I'm never going to eat another piece of candy until I've Mm -hmm. lost 50 pounds because (laughs) neither one of those things are probably going to happen. Yeah. Well, I read this and I thought it was really meaningful and inspired me. It says, when we make aspirations in this way, we are tapping into a powerful place. It's the place of in between, in between our desire to change something and the actual accomplishment of it, as this is where we will spend much of our life. Aspirations are the bridge that spans the chasm between the two. So through aspirations, we will keep ourselves cheerful and positive as we move towards the accomplishment of all our wishes and through making aspirations again and again, which I think is a really important thing to say, right? A resolution. It's like, once you mess up, you're done. And these aspirations, when we make them again and again, we remove the obstacles to accomplishing our wishes. So it's a conscious re going back and removing that happened. I acknowledge that happened, but it doesn't make my aspiration less true. And through that process, finally aspirations will help us go beyond our hopes go beyond hope and fear into really accomplishing that change that we want to see in our life. Oh my goodness. I love that. I send me a copy of that because that is so beautiful. I I do. I really like that. I think that's the tone for that. We're trying to set here is, is the gentleness. I also, um, it's a, a bit of a change of course, but um, I found a, a list of 11 relationship goals 
for 2023. And I thought, you know, we're oftentimes so fixated on, as we know, exercise more, eat healthy, Mm -hmm. lose weight, save money. But what about the other parts of our life, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our relational life, our spiritual life, those sort of things. Yeah. So I really, I don't know if you know who Young Pueblo is. He's a, he's a, um, he does meditation. He has a blog. He's really um, just a really neat person. I I like how he thinks. I like how he writes. Um, He's an author. He has some books. He's kind of a philosopher. And so he came up with the 11 relationship goals for 2023. So 11 relationships. So, so these relationships are, um, does he define like relationships, like just meaningful relationships? Like this could be a relationship goal for you and I, or a relationship goal for Tom and I, or coworker, or just, just a blanket relationships. Yes. Yeah. He didn't didn't specify a partnership or a marriage. It's just 11 relationship goals for 2023. So I was going to see if you could guess the top three. Mm. Well, first of all, let me say, I love this because I think everyone listening is in relationship with someone or Mm -hmm. some, or aspires to be right. And, um, and, and, uh, I know that this is on my aspirations for the year is to have more deeper, meaningful connections with people. So I'm excited about this. Uh, mm, I would say maybe one would be put time on your calendar to meet them. I think they're a little more philosophical. Yeah. Philosophical, esoteric than that. It's not that concrete. How about be curious in your conversation with others rather than judgmental? Probably maybe honest communication. You could call that. Okay. Yeah. So that was one. Yep. Mm, That's interesting. I just had a talk with someone very close to me yesterday about him being able to be honest with himself about his feelings and then being able to share that with me. So, okay. No names will be given. Um, so I will let you, I, w- I will just share with you. Um, yeah. Act- tell me your, your favorites on the list, Denise. Okay. Act as a team. Mm. I love that. I love that for relationships, whatever the combination is of that relationship that, you know, each other has the other person's back that they want the best for you um, that you don't have to worry that when you're not around, they're not defending your honor or whatever, that you really have that strong connection Mm -hmm. um, as a team. And I like that. Mm. Um, Can I speak into that for a second? You bet you can. Well, what I love about that is that um, it it reminds me that I don't have to be everything to the relationship, right? If the relationship is a team, as an act of a team, like then it says to me that I can value the other person's strengths and it takes some pressure off of me to just be me and not try to be them and me and not be everything to the relationship. Yeah. And allow them to be their part in the relationship as well. Yeah. I think that's very important. Handle conflict peacefully. Mm. I thought that was another one that was really a a wonderful um, idea to just, you know, sometimes when we have conflict in our lives, words can be said, 
Um, my expressions say more than words. My, I used to get in trouble. My mother would say, don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> so um, that, that gets me in trouble sometimes too. So, you know, just really vowing to when, when there is conflict that we'll deal with it lovingly, peacefully, understanding that maybe there is no right or wrong. Maybe each mm -hmm. of us have a very viable point. It's just that it's different. Yeah. I like that idea. Can I ask um, you a question about conflict? And I, I know that, you know, you focus more or specialize more in grief counseling, but this is a counselor question. Go ahead. Um, do you think that we should, the whole word conflict, when we, when we say that word, when I think about the word, is there a way to think or is there a benefit in, in trying to rethink how we view that word conflict? Because conflict to me inherently is negative. And I would love to tell people, you know what? I have a conflict-free marriage. We don't argue. We don't bicker. I don't give him the dirty looks to which you are referring, Denise. But mm. those would all be lies. Mm -hmm. So I would, is there some, is there some way in the midst of that to say, you know, acknowledge like conflict happens. It's going to happen. It is. It doesn't inherently mean that I have a crappy marriage or that my husband doesn't love me. And also thinking back to we're a team, right? So he is always for me because we're a team like that would help with the conflict as well. Right. Yeah. I think if you could look at it as a difference rather than a conflict, we have a difference of opinion on this topic. Mm. Again, not saying some one of you is right and one of you is wrong, but just simply that it's different and acknowledging and respecting that we're coming from two different places mm -hmm. and being respectful of the fact that we all have a right to our opinions. Yeah. And it may be that, you know, as the old saying goes, we just agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, even the way you phrase that helps me probably if I could, if I could stop in those times and, and think of it like that, mm -hmm. then it diffuses a lot of that tension that makes it not very peaceful. Right. Again, it's the words that we choose. Mm -hmm. You're right. Conflict is win or lose. Yeah. Somebody's victorious. Someone's a loser. And that, you know, that's not a healthy perspective for a relationship of any kind. Yeah. So, so yeah, the aspiration was to approach conflict peacefully, yeah. right? Yep. Um, yes. Let me, let me find it again. Handle conflict peacefully. Yeah. Yes. And this one reminded me of you and Tom May. It said, find joy in each other's happiness. Mm. And you probably don't realize that when you talk about Tom setting a new state record, just the joy in your face and the smile and just the proud feelings that you have for that accomplishment for him. Yeah. Um, is just wonderful to see that. Uh, it really is. And and I know that he is so supportive of you mm -hmm. and everything that you do. Maybe would like you to do a little less so you could spend a little more time with him. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, he's your biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think when I, when I read the fine joy in each other's happiness, I thought, man, that's Robin and Tom May. Ah, uh, thank you for saying that. And sometimes we need that affirmation spoke over us and like that people can, 
can see that in, in our relationship, even whenever we can't, but I definitely, definitely feel that he is, you know, like there would be no Robin May ministries. There would be no problem with perfect if he didn't support, you know, my crazy aspirations and, and believe like we talk about, like I aspire a lot of things. I aspire for, for this podcast to, you know, connect people's lives together, to connect human emotions, to connect shared experiences in a way that benefits people, that makes people feel like they're not alone. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's my heart and that's my goal. And, and I could not do this week in and week out if he didn't share that the joy that I get from Mm -hmm. exactly when we get, when we get to do that. And, And it's an honor and a privilege to get to, to do what we do. I think. Yes, I agree. And, you know, at, you you started out early on in this conversation about nobody has a perfect marriage and no one has a perfect marriage. And if you think that someone's marriage is perfect, you don't know them very well because all you're seeing is on the surface. Mm-hmm. But I think the the aspirations that, that these 11 relationship goals talk about are really wonderful goals to consider and to aspire towards. Because if we didn't have good relationships, our life would be very, mm. very um, empty and meaningless. Yep. You can have it all, but if you don't have somebody to share it with. Mm. That's right. Yeah. No. Yeah. So okay. when I saw that, I thought, okay, I'm throwing that in. Love it. And Denise, all of these great resources that you have provided with us today. First of all, thank you for doing all that research. Really appreciate your personal insights, as well as the insights from the contributors that you discussed today. And we will link all of those in the show notes. So you can get the full 11 aspirations for strong relationships in 2023 in our show notes. So on that note, we'll keep praying for Damar Hamlin and that God will use all things for good. And we will hope that this podcast has been helpful and that you can envision a year with aspirations that are life-giving. Amen. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.